Good morning. Today's class is in Rafur Shlema of Zechariah Shimon Kakoin Ben Zerel, also in the Rafur Shlema of Rav uh, Shalom Ben Yavna and Rav Daniel Ben Sarah, Lunishma Yerachmel Diana Megadali and Siam Ben and success in Yerachmel of Elisheva Rabah, Gadiel Elisheva, Shepherd Elisheva, Emma Elisheva, Reina Makavatovasha, and Gadiel Ben Elisheva. May 3rd, May 4th, LA, May 17th, Manhattan. And this Tuesday night, I'm having a live Instagram with uh, Ju- uh, Julia Davis, I believe, very expert on anxiety. That's going to be this Tuesday night on Instagram, God willing. All right, great, great concept today. We're going to do Lesson 53 in Maran. We're going to do uh, Rab Nachman's Wisdom. I strongly recommend everybody buy this book. It's called Rab Nachman's Wisdom. It's a, it's a great one-liner. They have like paragraphs on each Torah. You're going to see each Torah as a paragraph, especially for those who have uh, ADHD, which is 95% of the world. There's a very, very little attention span. Strongly recommend the book. It's great. Arya Kaplan actually translated the book. We know what Arya Kaplan, Arya Kaplan wrote, I mean, tons and tons of books. And he really, really had a great job of making things very simple. That was one of the gifts of Arya Kaplan. So let's start. First, I want to take lesson 53. It's very, very important. Rabbi Nachman tells us, you see the world today, they're, they're too focused on thoughts, right? We speak a lot, many, many times, everybody's in their head. Thoughts, I'm thinking this, I'm thinking that, and blah, 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 blah. You hear this is like a constant thing. Mindful versus mindful mindset. Rabbi Nachman tells us the, the, the great value of thought has now become known to me. He said this at the, end of his, at the end of his life. For thought is extremely precious. Entire things are made from thoughts. But wisdom is more valuable. But wisdom is more valuable. We know at the end of, at, at the end of every, how do you get rid of a, a repetitive story all over? You attach wisdom. You elevate it to wisdom. It's more important that we should focus on wisdom. How do I create whatever happens in our lives? For example, I, gave, I just gave the, Rabbi Nachman tells us that happy people, when you're happy, you're going to be successful. So people are trying to say, wow, if I'm successful, then I'm going to be happy. Opposite. They're trying to be successful to be happy. It's the opposite. When you're happy, you're going to be successful because your creator is going to give you that guidance on what you should do in life. So you should see, that's wisdom. Thoughts are not enough. You need wisdom. Wisdom is on a much, much higher level than thoughts. Very, very important to understand that. That's why we shouldn't focus so much on how do you feel, motivation, etc. You should more focus on a mindset. What is your mindset? What is your wisdom? What's your mindset? That mindset allows you to handle any kind of situation and, any, and, and dep- depends on that. So we're going to take the first Torah from, from this book, Wisdom. Rabbi Nachman says, For I know God is great, our God above all others. These are the words of King David. King David says, I know, I alone, for the vision of God's greatness cannot be shared. You may have a vision, but even with yourself, you cannot share it. Today you may be inspired and see a new light, but tomorrow you'll no longer be able to communicate, even that light to yourself. I know, for a vision cannot be brought. Rabbi Nachman's telling us constantly that all God wants from you, from heaven and earth, is a different thought speaking of something else entirely, David. Entirely different. Rabbi Nachman's very, very important. It's very, very important that he's, he doesn't want a rep, you to wake up with re- repetition, constant repetition, the same thoughts yesterday. He wants you to become a new person constantly. He wants you to come a new game, new wisdom. Your, every speech should be new. It should be a lot of newness. Your gratitude journal. 
Every five days, you should have five different things to be grateful for. He really is interested in this concept of newness. We're getting into the month of Nisan, which is going to have very powerful classes in the month of Nisan. But he, Rav Nachman says, I want something new. All we hear today, I'm trauma, I'm stuck in this, bad relationship, I'm this, I can't forgive. New! Got to put the batteries on. And it's a habit. All day long, I, I, I somehow I, I ended up, I don't know how I ended up with like 100 phone calls yesterday. I don't know what happened yesterday. But it's the same thing. I can't get over this, I can't get over this. Who says you have to figure everything out? Just create new. Rabbi Nachman tells us all the time, if you go into a dark room, turn on the lights. Who says you have to figure out why it's broken? Turn on the lights. You just have to turn on the lights. Very, very important. And then what he says here, a perception of God cannot commu- be communicated. It is so lofty, higher than highs. The words cannot even express it. It is written, her husband is known by the gates. The Zohar says, the gates states that the husband is the vision of God, which each man perceives through the gates that he makes in his own heart. It's very deep. That's Consciousness 101. The Book of Consciousness is based on that verse, by the way. You should recognize that. Because the, the, my gates, my vision of God, my perspective of God is based on my gates. If the gates are open, my, I view God as great, amazing, abundant, kind. If, you, if, you're meditate, if, you're, if your consciousness is love, you see nothing but mercy and love of God. But if you see your Creator as, as if your walls, if your gates are very small, all you see is God is punitive. So our, our creation, our cre- relationship with our Creator is directly related to your consciousness. Directly related. As you start getting more bitachon, your relationship with your Creator changes. Period. Your relationship with your Creator. If you have like a, a very, very small consciousness, you live in shame and guilt, there's no way you could say God is great. <laughs> you say he's God is punitive. He, he didn't give me a break. So literally what he's saying here is the Zohar says that the, the person's vision of God is perceived through the gate he makes in his own heart. Your heart. Your heart opens up to everything. When you have beliefs and you change your belief system, your, your relationship with your Creator changes. Just like the same thing in a relationship. If you open up your heart to the relationship and you stop having fear and you start having trust in the relationship, the relationship blossoms. But if you have, if you have so much fear in that relationship, you try to control, you try to own the person, you try to project your own, your own messes on other people, then that relationship has no growth. Because the gates are closed. It's, all, it's fear-based. It's the fear-based relationship. So remember, we want, is we want open gates. Open gates. Open gates. And it's very similar to when we start doing exercise. We start getting very sore. We're tired. We have to stretch and stretch. That's what we're trying to do. The, to the extent that you open up the gates of your heart, then, and he says here, back and white, I hate, I hate, make it so, so easy. The, if the heart is hidden, the gates do not open. <laughs> Pretty much. If the heart is closed, the gates do not open. If my heart is closed, perspectives of God, I will never be revealed to me because how could they come to me? The gates closed. You ever go to a place? Gates closed, you can't come in. You have to constantly open up your heart. You have to open up the gates. How? Perspective. 
Perspective. Constant work on perspective. You should be constantly be so open-minded to everything. Don't label anything. Every single day is a new day. Every single opportunity is a new day. That is exactly what the Zohar is telling you. And it's pretty much all we're trying to do is open people up. Stop with the limita- limited belief systems. Stop trying to control the future. Get over the past. Open up the gates. And remember, it's very simple. If you have a lot of fear, what do you do? You close the gates so you don't get hurt again. But then new opportunities can't come to you. I'm scared. I'm scared that this is not going to work out. I'm scared. I'm scared of failure. I'm scared of this. Okay, gates closed. Imagine you have a store closed. I'm scared I might get robbed. So I'd rather not open up the store. Then you're not going to do any business. Then you're going to run a business anyway. Well, at least I won't get robbed. But <laughs> you can't function like that. You can't live in a, because you fear failure. It's like pretty much not opening up a store because you're going to be afraid of that. It's exactly what happened with the lockdown. Complete stupidity. Nothing but stupidity times 100. Stupidity, stupidity, stupidity. So much fear that it ended up destroying people otherwise. Same thing, you cannot lock down your own life because of fear. Creator does not bless you. Creator gives us, he gives us grace and he gives us mercy if we have trust. Period. You open up the gates, let me in. Koska Rebbe says, where's your creator? Wherever you let him in. And that's what you're in charge of. You're in charge of your perspective on how to open up the gates, etc. If you, don't have, if you haven't closed doors in past relationships, New doors can't be open. If you haven't closed doors in, in bad business deals, new doors can't be open. And that's your perspective. I mean, you're, you have a direct relationship. You have a direct relationship to your relationship with the Creator based on your level of consciousness. If you don't change that, your, your, your relationship with the Creator, people say, I'm angry at God. Uh, there's gates that are closed in your mindset. And this is why we have to make peace with things, we have to forgive, we have to do whatever we can, because the most important thing is if you want blessings, blessings have to come through the door, and the door has to be open. Sounds pretty simple, but you have seen how much fear we have. That's why we're closing gates and opportunities in our lives. And just because it happened before to you is not gonna, doesn't mean it has to happen again. We're supposed to have faith to be able to make peace with things in the past. He says again, that's just the first paragraph, by the way. That's a whole book in itself. That's a whole hour class on that, just that Torah. In second paragraph, he says, it's very good to rely on God completely. Each day begins, I place my every movement, that of my children, and whatever it is on God's hands, asking him that I should do exactly the way God would want it. You should, your greatest prayer should be, God, let me do what you want. Good, bad, I don't know. Whatever you want. I have a very, very challenging situation coming ahead of me. And all I'm saying is, do whatever you want. If you want to make it work, wonderful. If it doesn't work, wonderful also. Can't get hurt. Do what you want. Create the world, I want what you want. If you, that's exactly why we pray. We pray so we should desire what He wants. Because most of the times we want different things that He wants. Understand? So when we pray what he wants, you, you really, you know, how do you go wrong? You're aligned with your creator. 
That's exactly how Rabbi Nachman spoke. He says, I want to put everything depend on your hands. Whether things go well or not, I am not, completely reliant on God. Whether he desires, I have only asked to do his will. How, how much pressure is relieved from that comment? Think about the amount of pressure if you just walked around with that attitude. I want what you want. Dating a guy, dating a girl. If you want it to work out, let it work out. If it's not meant to be, it's also good. And I remember going through my first divorce. I said exactly the same thing. If it's meant to happen, work out, wonderful. If it's not meant to happen, that's also wonderful. Whatever you want, I just want to remain open to your guidance. I don't want to be, I don't want my own opinion. Because my opinion might be flawed. But if I want what you want, I really can't go wrong there. That's exactly your attitude should be. You have no fear. You're just aligned the right way. If your alignment is, is with His will, and what, and this, is, this is where the Pasuk says, if you want what I want, I, I'll, I'll give you what you want. But what happens today? We do the opposite. I want what I want, and I don't want what you want. So you don't get anything. Because you're controlling. I want what I want, and I don't want what you want. So you're basically, anytime you control something, you're saying, God, I don't want what you want. I want what I want. So who do you think is going to win? Not you. So this is important. Control is, is such a weakness. It's such a showing that you have no trust. It shows that you have no, no, you're so insecure that you cannot just trust in your creator. It's, just, it's, it's not strength. It's complete weakness. Nachman says, I cannot put in writing how much the Rebbe emphasized God's greatness. He stressed that it's beyond measure. God does so many wonderful things, yet nobody can appreciate them. 2022 version. We may speak of God, but we know absolutely nothing. It is said that the goal of all knowledge of God is to realize that one knows nothing. But even this cannot be attained. The goal pertains to every level of insight. One may reach a certain level of realization, he knows nothing, but only in a particular area of his life. Then there's still another level that he hasn't even touched. He does not even know enough to even get to the next level because of his ignorance. And no matter how high he goes, a person will ultimately get to the, re- no, level, the highest level of life is not knowing. Now what is, the, what is this talking about here? It's very, very important what he's saying here. And I've, I've used this line so much and it's helped me with everything. Because I constantly, you know, what do we normally do when, when we go through situations? Like we said, after every experience is an emotion. We label it. You're, you're labeling based on the way you see the world or your own perspective. So you could say, this is bad. This is good. I should be sad. I should be angry. I should be anxious. How about you know nothing? Maybe that's the greatest blessing for you in the world that you don't even know. You, you have to be, when you get to this mindset that the more you know, the more you know nothing, you will be very quickly, you won't label anything. You'll just label everything as parv. But when you get stuck on a label, that label all of a sudden defines who you are and makes you weak, and all of a sudden you're giving the wrong label. You know, it's like you have brand new produce, oh, expired. Expiring in two days. You're so quickly to label things. And today, because we don't have emotional control, right away, oh, my business deal broke. It's gotta be, it's, I'm, t- I'm in a bad mood. How do you know that's a blessing in disguise? 
When my wife came into my company, she fired 90% of the employees. I couldn't label anything because if I labeled anything, I would have a complete heart attack. But ultimately, it was the greatest thing that she could have done. I don't have the, I don't have the cough to do that. But I had to remain completely, I know nothing. I know nothing. It's all I said is I don't know anything. And this has been really, really, really successful in my life. The, the mindset of I know nothing. I don't label anything. I don't give it energy. I just say, I know nothing. And then I'm open. The gates are open. And most blessings come. They come through the back door. But they come with ugly packaging. And when you look at the packaging, you're like, I don't want this. But at the end of the day, it's the, only the packaging that's bad. Inside, it's very good. But because of our quickly, we quickly judge everything, we, get a, we give the wrong meaning and everything. And this is a very common, common problem today. We just, people are labeled. I went on a date with this guy, I broke up, I'm so depressed. Label, who says you're supposed to label? Maybe the guy would have been, God forbid, a, a heroin addict. You don't know, you have no idea, any, you don't know anything. How many stories do we hear here of 9-11? How many stories do we hear? I missed the plane, I wasn't supposed to meet the guy that, all day long you're hearing these stories, but we forget all the time. So I have enough Baruch Hashem, I work on my memory, to recognize, just like before, I didn't know anything, it turned out for the best, use the same formula. Remember the guys of B'nai Brak two days ago, he was driving his bike, the gun jam. Wow. And he, and he didn't get killed, he came back when I'm filling inside of a brother. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. So the whole point in life is you have to really use this mantra. I don't know anything. Go into Koach Ma, which is a, which a meditation by Rarachman. Ma means what? What? What do I know? Mag Shava. Ma. It's the highest level of humility. It's Moshe Rabbeinu. It's the level of Ma. Stop labeling things. Stop labeling things. The people that are in the worst conditions in their lives and the worst mental confusions is because they're always labeling everything. It's bad, it's good, it's no good, it's terrible. But you don't know anything. And when you get to rec- when you do start knowing something, you recognize you know nothing. So you can never recognize how ignorant and arrogant we become. And that's the only reason why we're, we're an emotional pain. pain. It's because we're labeling things and it's the wrong label. And you have to stop labeling things. You just have to remain completely neutral. And just be want what your creator wants. And when you have that mindset, I guarantee you, you will be successful because you'll be happy. And you'll be accepted. You'll accept things. And things will go wonderful. I never forget. I was dating somebody when I was, when I was, you know, before I met my wife. And I thought she was a really nice girl. It could have been. And then I recognized, oh my God, what in the world was I thinking? What in the world was I thinking? I recognized how ignorant I was and how completely lost I was. Again, what do you know? So I, I've learned this lesson a thousand times. And I recommend, as much, smart as you think you are, whatever college you went to, I couldn't care less, PhD, you know nothing. Because at the end of the day, the greatest knowledge is to recognize that you know nothing. <laughs> so, and this is why when anybody tells you, I'm the, you should always say, I'm about Chuva. I'm about tshuva. Why should you say you're about tshuva? Because we're always repenting for the, our previous mindset constantly. Rav Nachman tells us 
that the, one of the best, one of the things you should do in your, in your Hizbodidut is you should have a little bit of embarrassment. Why embarrassment? Because remember, embarrassment is the biggest cleanser of sins. Not shame and guilt. Let's confuse that. People walk around with shame and guilt. Shame and guilt does nothing for you. But embarrassment, what happens when you're embarrassed? The blood goes from the face, it goes from red to white. That blood being, being spilt. So when you embarrass yourself, when you embarrass, how do you embarrass yourself? By, by saying, I'm sorry for what you thought about your creator two days ago. Let's say, pretend you thought it was the end of the world. And next thing you know, you find out it was a blessing. What do you do now? Well, you're just going to say, oh, thank you. Now you have to say, I'm sorry for what I was thinking. I'm sorry for the way I was thinking. This is the constant message. Every single time, you should have some kind of embarrassment. And if you're not, you don't have any form of embarrassment when you're approaching your creator, that means you need, to, you need a reality check. You need to humble up. Because then somebody else will embarrass you. <laughs> Pretty much. We have an option in life. We can embarrass ourselves through knowledge in a good way, or somebody else is going to embarrass you to teach you that lesson. But at the end of the day, if you're growing in knowledge, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe what I was thinking about yesterday. And that is the greatest form of cleansing because then you don't have to worry about anything because you're, you're, it's a sign that you're growing. It's a sign that wisdom, more wisdom is coming. But when you think you know everything, oh boy, you think you know everything, Perspective is closed, the doors, the gates are closed, and here comes nothing but chaos and stuckness. Hashem help us all. Rabbi Nachman tells us it's very difficult for a person, a religious person, to have money. He has a, whole, he has a different Torah, and he says the, how to have both is, you know, because our sages say when you pray to the north, it's for money, we said that yesterday, when you pray to the north, is money, when you pray to the south, is wisdom. He says, just be nowhere. Humble. When you're nowhere, you can have both. The reason why is because when the temple was destroyed, all the wealth fell down to the klipas. As the word palim means alafim. Thousands fell. There was a, the, the, there was a chamber of exchanges where all the shefa went to the other side. That's why you see today complete reshaim with money. and You see a lot of chaos with money. It's in the wrong places today. It's like, there's, it's like a, this happened from a, a, a form of when the temple got destroyed, it went to the, to the other side. Thousands of wealth have fallen astonishingly. They have fallen so deeply, it is a wonder. If a person covets these thousands, that means if you crave too much money, you're going to end up falling spiritually because it's very hard to have both. So which you should not, you should principle that I say. It's nothing wrong with having money or nothing wrong with success. But don't crave it. Opposite. Give charity away. Give a lot of charity. That's the best way to, to save you from craving and, and, and to attract. But don't crave it. When you crave it, you're going to fall spiritually. And many people have fallen because of these cravings. Don't crave it. Because when, you, when you're craving it, you're craving the, you're craving, as he's saying here, you're, you're craving the, the money that fell down to the, to the bottom. Therefore, it's very difficult for a truly religious person to become wealthy. They're very rich tzaddikim and religious people, but their wealth is burdensome and harms their devotions. Although they seem wealthy, but they do not have the millions of the irreligious. It's funny how he's saying this 250 years ago. Pretty on the money. 
it's very hard to have both, spirituality and money. Very, very hard to have both. You need a lot of humility to recognize where it comes from. But usually it's one or the other. You see, who's the richest guy in China? Or was? Jack Ma. Jack Ma. He had the humility. Ma. Ma is humility. So you could see, Ma is humility. The connecting in the name Ma, you could see a lot of humility. And this is what Rav Nachman says, we have to, the best way to be safe from this is to give a lot of, a lot of charity. Rav Nachman says here again, in, in chapter 7, I'm skipping some of them. Actually, I want to say this one first. first hold on, let me see. I missed that one. He's saying it's very good to pour your, your thoughts out to God, like a child pleading with, with his father. God calls his children, your children, love of God. Therefore, it's very important to express your thoughts and troubles to God like a child complaining to his father. Try not to complain, but it's very good to pour. So a lot of times you get that same question. I'm such a, I, I've, I'm so burnt out, I can't even pray. There you go. Created the world, I'm so burnt out, I can't even pray. That is your Hizbodidut's. We're thinking we have to be in a Zen state to do his bodhidut. No. You have to literally take everything that's on your mind, whatever's going through your mind. I can't speak. I'm in exile. I'm in this. That is just his bodhidut. His bodhidut means talking to your God wherever you are. Clearly not, you know, if you're, if you're married, there's no question, you know, your, your, your marriage is a roller coaster. Unless everybody's just not talking to each other, then it's a, then it's a wall. But it's a roller coaster. Sometimes it's, you, you can speak, communication is amazing. <laughs> Sometimes the communication needs major reform. But you have to go and, and speak to him wherever you're at. If things are going great for you, thank him for everything. If things are broken for you, come to him with the brokenness. We're very confused. Oh, I need to talk only one thing. No, talk to him. I can't talk. That means the question itself is what you should be saying. The question itself that's disturbing you is exactly how you, what you should come to your creator through that question. We're very confused. We think, because I'm confused, I can't speak. All, all, this is why you could see the shift in the two months. Adar, you need simcha. And then you need to express yourself. The expression comes because you finally have the joy. Then I can speak. The whole point, specifically in the month of which we're going to do a whole class on that, is you've got to talk things out. Because what happens is, after a broken heart, you know what follows? What's the difference between depression and emotional depression and a broken heart? What's the difference between two? Number one, God forbid his emotions and emotional depression. He's really angry in his rage very unlikely he's going to even speak or he's going to complain why am I going through this he doesn't get joy afterwards where if you come with a broken heart you feel like you let it out you feel relieved joy follows so how do you know you hand you did a, you, you had a good hisbodidut if afterwards you feel relieved you have a sense of relief you have a sense of relief of pressure because you came to your creator with that pain and he relieved it. You cast your burden onto him. I took my pain and I cast it onto you. I elevated it to you. You may think you have done so much wrong that you're no longer one of God's children, but remember, God still, still calls you his child. We are taught for good and evil, you are always called his children. So the worst thing you could do is 
ghost your creator. You see, today, people have such low emotional, they're just such in a low emotional place. Instead of processing a breakup, ghost. See the mentality today? Just too much ghosting, man. Process. Process it. Don't ghost it. Very, very important. Very beautiful to what he's saying here. He says, how good is it when a person can awaken his heart and plead with his creator until his, his, his tears come out from his eyes? You're like a little child crying before your father. My grandfather, Reb Nachman Herdenkerzal, told the following story. I was once on a ship. We ran out of provisions. And it was a couple days before Passover, and he was in an Arab city. An Arab took me in and offered me food. I had not eaten there for several days and quickly washed my hands and said a blessing for bread. I was just about to take a a bite of that bread and a thought entered my mind. Do not eat the bread of one with a mean eye. There's a passage that says, do not eat people's food if they have an evil eye. Our thoughts are without meaning and I I didn't know what to do. I already said the blessing and I realized the significance of the thought, so right before he washed his hands, all of a sudden he gets thought, don't eat the bread of an evil, of a, of an evil person. And he says, what am I going to do, not, not eat the bread? Just then, another thought entered my mind, I have commanded the Arabs to feed you, then I ate. Very deep message that he gave us from the story, what is he going to tell you? When the Rebbe told the story, he commented how proper his grandfather was to act according to his thought, yet, there's an element of truth. He says the same thing happens. When you have confusing thoughts in your, in your head to deal with, a confusing thought may enter your mind, but if you stand firm, God will send you another thought to encourage you. It's a beautiful concept. What does it mean? Practically, when you get the negative thoughts, don't become attached to them. Just notice them. Notice where they're coming from. If you stand firm and you're mindful, you will get a positive thought of re-encouragement. So don't be so quickly to grab. Remember, you are not the voice. You are the one that hears the voice. You're hearing thoughts. Don't attach yourself to them. Because remember, if I go with the first thought, I don't get the second one. That's re-encouraging. Because remember, the Ramachman tells us this principle, beautiful principle in life. It's a beautiful, beautiful principle. Everything in life, there's an echo. There can never be too good without the other side. Understand? Things can never be too good. Yerushalayim is the good, the echo is Tel Aviv. There's always an echo. You want to do something good in your life, you're going to get an echo not to do it. This is why we're not allowed to hear shofar if it's an echo, because it's becoming, it could be a false voice. But there will always be, for every positive noise you hear, there will be a negative noise you hear. This is exactly the way the world is created. To allow you to have free choice. So remember, you're always going to have echoes. So one, one is an echo, and the other one is a true voice. So what we have to do is we have to remain firm and hear the good encouraging thoughts. And he says the same applies to the confusing thoughts a person has to deal with. A confusing thought may enter your mind, but if you stand firm, God will send you another thought to encourage you. Similarly, 
You may imagine that you are no longer God's children, but if you do your part, God will eventually send you thoughts of encouragement. Very, very important. Very important concept. Just because you're thinking something doesn't mean that's who you are. You'll notice the feeling. That's why the more aware you are, the more breathing, you'll see, you'll get positive thoughts. Right away, you resent somebody? No. Find the good point in that person. There's always that mind game to hang on. Don't be so quickly impulsive. The impulsiveness is what's is the problem today. Rav Nachman says there's a very important principle in serving God. The more you want to serve God, the more the evil inclination strives against you. The more strength you have, the more resistance you're going to have. There's nothing you can do about this. If you realize this, you can fight it with strategy and continually defeat it. With God's help, you'll be worthy of emerging victorious. That paragraph should be tattooed on your walls. The more good you want to do, the more resistance you're going to be. I don't care who you are, how strong you are, the resistance is equal to the strength. And you do not look at resistance as personal, just look at resistance as a friend. On the other side of fear is, the other, is your success, but you have to cross that bridge. But do not expect to walk around and with something easy. If you want to serve God, you want to get to really a lot of light, you have to be able to, to, to deal with the darkness. And that is a principle of 101. 101. This is why our sages say, Reb Nachman says, which is behind the Mel Robbins five-second rule, right? She has a five-second rule that became very famous, that basically if you don't make a decision within five seconds, your brain kills the idea, which is true, right? You get an inspiring thought, next thing you know, boom, here comes the brain killing the idea. I want to work out. Ah, too tired. Always going to happen to you. Always going to happen to you. Where it's coming from is the Yetzirah. Because the Yetzirah, once you have a desire to do something good, you, you just woke up, you just beat the first level of the Yetzirah. But now, you got to deal with the second level of the Yetzirah. We're always thinking, I'm getting negative thoughts, something's wrong with me. You have no strategy. There's what he's telling you here. What is he telling you? You need a strategy. You need to know that this is normal. When I have sometimes some resistance in my Hezbollah I say, wow, this is going to be the greatest Hezbollah ever. When I have resistance in the gym, this is going to be the best workout ever. I don't go into retreat. I go straight into, straight into it. Because I know the retreat is coming from the Yitzhahara. And it's a very important rule to understand that. If you understand this, you will do completely the opposite of what, the, of what your feelings tell you. you. Go to sleep, wake up. And this is one of the things that brought me tremendous amounts of success in my life. Wherever I see constriction, I go into expansion. Whatever I don't want to face, whatever I don't want to deal with, I face it. Wherever you want to run from it, you have to approach it. When you need fear, go into trust. It's exactly the opposite. What got you into the problem, you literally need the exact opposite to get out of the problem. It's exactly, exactly made. That's why you should really love, love. At least I'm aware what I need to fix. One thing is to be lost in the, in, in the ocean and not know what to do. Where people are, they're stuck in their head. They don't even know what direction. At least I've identified the enemy. 
I know the enemy. My enemy is resistance. My enemy is my mood. My enemy is my etc. That's my enemy. I could fight the enemy. I have a strategy. But if I don't know who the enemy is, then I think I'm the enemy. And if I become the enemy, then I lost. It's called low self-esteem. When you're walking around with low self-esteem, you're saying you are the enemy. Then you have no chance to win. Because you're identifying, you're saying you are the voice that's causing the problem. Instead of identifying, no, I'm not the voice. I hear a voice. I'm a soul. I'm not a thought. But once you don't identify yourself and you think that's your voice, that's it. You don't, you don't need, the Yetzirah is inside of you. And that's the, what we have to fight today. That's the battle against despair. That's the battle that we're dealing with. It's all illusions. Nothing but illusions. You know what the Yetzirah is going to They're going to show you when you get to heaven. They're going to show you the size of the Yetzirah. You know how big it's going to be? Like a little midget. <laughs> but you made him into such a big thing. Big, big thing. You made him into like an impossible thing. And they're going to show you that's what it was running around? This little thing? What do you think imagination does? It takes a small thing and it makes it big. But if you don't have a strategy to win, you have... <laughs> If you don't have self-worth, what do you, how are you going to even fight the strategy? You don't even think you're going to win? And this is where, just a couple paragraphs from Rav Nachman, we can pretty much give you 10 psychology lessons on just to show you the greatness of Rav Nachman's teachings. All I read is read three, four pages, and you could just see a whole world of its own on how much psychology is in, in, in his wisdom. Rav Nachman told us something very special. He says, if you learn my teachings, you will not need another book the rest of your life. You will know everything. You will see everything in the world through my teachings. And you know what? You see it. You see it black and white. The more you see these teachings, the more you see everything in the world is there. And Shem, help us all. All you need to do yourself, again, is strength. All you ha- your job is one thing. Strength. Constantly, constantly, constantly strengthen yourself. The rest, you will win. But if you don't have that inner strength, you're going to get blitzed. Have a great day.